in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Uh, first, I'd like to give introduction to Psalm 43. There is no title, each psalm has title except some psalms. This psalm has no title in the Hebrew version. But according to the Septuagint version, the title is a psalm of David. So according to the Septuagint version, David is the author. According to the Syriac version, the title is a psalm of David when Jonathan told him that Saul intended to kill him or to slay him. So this psalm was written while David was running away from King Saul. But other commentators said it was written when he was running away from Absalom, his son. So whether he was running away from Saul or running away from Absalom, uh, he was actually chased by his enemies who wanted to kill him. But some claim that Psalm 42, the previous Psalm, and Psalm 43 are one Psalm. Because if you compare between Psalm 43 and Psalm 42, there is a strong resemblance between two Psalms. Even verse 5 in Psalm 43 was repeated twice in Psalm 42. Verse 5 in Psalm 43 was repeated twice in Psalm 42. So there is a strong resemblance in the general spirit and in the structure. So we can say the same circumstances appear to lie in the background of the composition of Psalm 42 and Psalm 43. And the tone, spirit, language are the same. However, if they were one Psalm, we don't have any explanation how they got separated. Also, it is impossible to explain that they had become separated in the majority of Hebrew manuscripts if they had originally constituted one Psalm. So, maybe these are two Psalms, separate two Psalms, but because of the same circumstances, that's why David repeated the same words. And as I, did, as I said, maybe David was running away from Saul, or he was running away from his son, Epsom. Psalm 43 portrays the person at prayer in the midst of simultaneous despair and hope. So you can see in Psalm 43, and the same also in Psalm 42, how David has two contradicting feelings, despair and hope, in the same time. So, in the midst of the despair of the crisis, there is still God's persistent love and trustworthiness that gave David hope. As I told you, it's just five verses. So from verse 1 to 3, David cries out to God in prayer. Verse 4 and 5, the psalmist responds to God's coming answer. 
So let's start. And by the way, we pray this psalm in the third hour of Agbaya. In the third hour of Agbaya, we pray this psalm. Verse 1. Vindicate me, O God, and plead my cause against an ungodly nation. O deliver me from the deceitful and unjust man. So, verse 1 describes what's going on in David's life. He repeated a familiar theme in many psalms. Cry for vindication. He felt unjustly accused and took his feeling of injustice to the throne of God. And he left his vindication up to God because God said, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. God is the supreme judge of the whole world. David knew the difficulty of dealing with deceitful and unjust people. Because these people, they not only do wrong, but also they know how to cover it up with deceit. That's why dealing with a deceitful and unjust person is a challenge. So in such a tough situation, the Psalms cried out to the Lord. He called, he said, plead my cause against an ungodly nation. Ungodly nation. Because David called his enemies nation because of their great numbers. And when people are ungodly, no wonder that they are unjust because there is no fear of God in their hearts. Those who are not true to God himself cannot be expected to deal rightly with his people. If they are not true to God, how can we expect to to, to treat us in a righteous way? He who deceives and betray will not fear to slander and offend. Then he referred to a single man. He said, deliver me from the deceitful and unjust man. This would apply well to the case and character of Absalom his son, or Saul the king, or perhaps more directly and properly to the character and counsel of Achitophel. We hear his name in the litany for the assemblies. Achitophel was one of the counselors of David, but he stood with Absalom against David, and he gave him a counsel and advice how to get rid of David. So, David calls Achitophel a deceitful and unjust man because he was among the leading conspirators in the rebellion of Epsilon. But scholar origin said this verse is the cry of our Lord Jesus Christ to the Father asking for judgment between him and the Jews that is ungodly nation and between him and Judas, Judas is the deceitful and unjust man 
who betrayed him. So David, by the spirit of prophecy, wrote this psalm about the Lord Jesus Christ and also that the Jews may use the psalm in their captivity in Babylon. And the Chaldeans are meant here as the ungodly nation. Verse 2 For you are the God of my strength. Why do you cast me off? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? David, he was mourning all the day, deprived of spiritual joy, but still he knows that God is God of his strength. That's why he called him, for you are the God of my strength. He called him God of my strength because God is a strong and mighty God. And the only one who is able to deliver and save David and to plead his his cause. God is the author and giver of strength, either natural or spiritual. David loved, loved God and put his trust in the strength of God. He delivered him from the lion, from the bear, from Goliath. He never put his strength in himself. So he was wondering why God, the God of his strength, at this critical moment of need, as if he is absent. That's why he told him, why do you cast me off? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? His heart was divided between saying, God is God of my strength, and between, but why do you cast me off? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? Part of his heart takes refuge in God, but he is perplexed why God would allow his enemies to get the upper hand this way. David at this moment was was about to conclude that he was cast off and rejected by God because he was afflicted and left in a desolate condition by God. That's his perception. He did not immediately arise, God did not immediately arise to help and deliver David. But in reality, the truth about God is God never cast off anyone that trusted in him. And why is a repeated question when we are in a test or in a trial, when we go through difficult time, we have so many questions start with why, like David. Why uh, do you cast me? Of why do I go mourning because of the oppression of my enemy? Verse 3 Oh, send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill and to your tabernacle. David speaks to God in verse 3. He did not ask God 
to deliver him from the trouble. He did not ask God to lead him out of his away from his enemies, but he asked God to lead him to God Himself and to the Holy Temple. David here acknowledges that he needs God to lead him to the tabernacle because David right now is in the dark because of the state of despair he is in dark he knows he is in darkness because his heart is divided but God is his refuge although he feels forsaken by God He feels rejected by God. But he knows that God does not reject those who take refuge in him. David himself said in Psalm 18, He is a shield to all who trust in him. So David knew that his light, the light of David, and the truth of David are not enough. He needs the light and truth from God. It was not within him the light and truth of God. That's why he is asking God to send your light and your truth. If God did not send the light and truth, David would not have them. Send out your light and your truth. Let them, let your light and your truth lead me. Let them, your light and your truth, bring me to your holy hill and to your tabernacle. David knows the cause of this darkness because of the despair and the trial. He's spiritually blind. So the first part of his prayer is asking God to send the light and truth. And in his exile, running away either from Saul or Epsilon, what was his most earnest desire? is to visit the tabernacle, to visit the church which he had set upon Mount Zion, the holy hill, where God's presence dwelt and where prayer was most acceptably offered. He had made his being brought back to it, a test of the return of God's favor. So he said, If you bring me back to your church, then I know I found favor in your eyes. David said, if you bring me back to your church, then I know that I have found favor in God's eye. Some commentators said that the light here is not about the law but it's about the Messiah himself, the son of righteousness. So in a prophetic way, David was praying because all of us were sitting in darkness and shadow of death. So all of us who are saying, send your light, send your son, the light of the world, whose coming into the world is often signified by being sent to it. Send your son. Let your light and truth lead me. This a prayer of submission. I will submit to your light and your truth. And I want you to notice that David started in depression, despair, but now he is praising God. 
And how he started to praise God because he asked for the light and truth of God to lead the way. David wanted to return back to the church because he knew that the Lord was there in a special way. He knew that God's people were there in the church, the tabernacle. He knew that it was a place where God, where we can focus only on God. And you can see here how David's heart was upon the holy mountain and the tabernacle. His focus was shifted from the ungodly nation and from the deceitful and unjust man to the church. And this is a big lesson when we go through a trial. Don't focus on the person who is causing you the trouble, but focus on the light and truth and the church. As if David said, I can bear anything. The only thing I cannot bear is to be away from the church. I am impatient to see the God's tabernacles again. And when God sent his light and truth into our heart, the light and truth of God will guide us to the heavenly things. If we diligently follow the light and the truth, definitely they will lead us to the holy hill above. And I want you to notice he said light before the truth. Send your light and your truth. Because the light will lead the person to the truth. We cannot see the truth and the reality of things if we are in darkness. So we can tell from verse 3 that David is a man with much rich spiritual experience. David is a man who lived with God and knows God very well. This is revealed by his words, his view of reality, the sequence of his thought, send your light and your truth. How God is the center in his life and his familiarity with the sanctuary, with the tabernacle. And David did not pray here for vindication over the enemy. Alas, he switched his focus. This is not in the view anymore. Now he's speaking about returning back to see the church. Because there is much more important victory to be won than victory over the people. It is a victory of returning to the tabernacle of God. Church father said the light here is love because darkness is hatred. Light is the Lord Jesus Christ who said, I am the light of the world and also I am the way, the truth, and life. Uh, And the Lord Jesus Christ can, can grant us the spirit of love, the Holy Spirit, to save us from the darkness of this world. That's why St. Augustine says, Let him, Christ, come vindicate us against an ungodly nation and save us from someone deceitful and unjust. Let him come to separate the wheat from the tears and at the time of the harvest send his angels 
to gather from his kingdom every evil doer and cast him in the fire of Hades while gathering the wheat together in his storehouse. So send your light and your truth, send your son to lead us into the heavenly places. Verse 4, then when you send your light, your truth, what will happen? I will go to the altar of God, to God my exceeding joy, and on the heart I will praise, I will praise you, O God my God. And by the way, this is the song that we chant in the days of the Holy Great Fast. Instead of Alleluia, Fai Baby, Alleluia, this is the day which the Lord has made. So David is saying, if God guide me to his tabernacle, if God restores me to my former liberties, then David knows very well what he has to do. He will go immediately to the altar of God. If you restore me to my city, because now I'm running away, the first thing I will do, I will go to the church. He will get as near as he can go. Why? Because God is his exceeding joy. When I enter into the altar of God, I will be exceedingly happy. And full of faith, the psalmist David anticipated God's answer to God's answer to his prayer and declared that he would sacrifice. Go to the altar means I will sacrifice the altar of burnt offering, sacrifice of praise, sacrifice of thanksgiving when the answer comes. So the altar of God is a special place where thanksgiving ought to be made a sacrifice of thanksgiving will be offered. So, the next part of his prayer is that your light and your truth will lead me to God. God who is my exceedingly joy. My exceeding joy. The final goal of life for David is God himself. And this should be the final goal of our life. Because in God, we'll have this exceeding joy. Every joy that does not have God as the central delight of the joy is an empty joy. Some youth, they think if they committed to God, they will lose the fun and the joy. They are deceived. And authentic joy in God will overflow with praises. Those that come unto God must come unto Him as their exceeding joy. When we come to the church, we know we are coming here to God with the source of our joy. I will go to the altar of God, to God my exceeding joy, and on the heart I will praise you, O God my God. At that time, instruments of music like the harp were commonly used in the worship of God. And David excelled at the harp. And with that in which he excelled, he would praise God. Why? Because God is to be praised with the best we have. 
When we praise God, we should praise Him with the best what we have. It was not merely God when He said, I will praise you, O God, my God. So it's not just God He desired to worship. But He said, I will praise you, O God, my God, the God to whom I had devoted my life, the God whom I regard as my God even in the time of affliction and trouble. Apart from all the tribulation that I'm going through, but David had no doubt in respect of the future. God will deliver me. And he will yet have occasion to praise God, whom he feels to be his God personally. So the psalmist here had hope of God's redemption. God will redeem me. Although it had not come yet. In the meantime, he would not surrender to the feeling of despair and depression and discouragement. That's why after he spoke to God in verse 5, which is the last verse, he is speaking to his own soul. He said, why are you cast down, O my soul? Why you feel discouraged? Why you feel depressed? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him, the help of my countenance and my God. So he challenged this feeling of despair and discouragement. And brought this feeling to God. He said to this feeling, the feeling of being cast down or disquieted, he said to himself, Hope in God. God will faithfully answer me again as he answered me before. So, although none of the circumstances had changed yet, But what changed here? His attitude. And when he changed his attitude, we can see the difference. The psalmist knew that his countenance needed help. And only God is the one to bring this help. That's why he said, God is the help of my countenance. When we are sad, it it shows on our face. When we are happy, it shows on our face. So the peace and joy that comes from trusting and praise God will appear on our face. He calms himself in believing expectation he had of giving glory to God. When he said, hope in God for I shall yet praise him. And he will enjoy glory with God because God is the help of my countenance and he is my God. When we feel forsaken, we ought to pray to God and preach hope to ourselves when all the circumstances around us actually force despair on us. But we should not be discouraged or cast down in the troubles of life. We should hope in God Look forward to better times. 
even if not in this world, but certainly in the world to come, the martyrs were killed, but they had hope in the life to come. And if we are his children, we will praise him. As he said, hoping God for I shall yet praise him. I am sure in the future I will praise him. God will deliver me. We shall acknowledge God as the help of our countenance. He is the only one. When he give us help, when he give us joy, this joy will spread over our faces, our countenance as one who will manifest himself as our God. God is personal God. He is my God. So, he who has an eternity of blessedness before him, he who is to dwell forever in a world of peace and joy, should not be cast down, should not be overwhelmed with sorrow. God promised us eternity of blessedness. God promised us that we will live forever in peace and joy. Then why will be cast down? Why will be overwhelmed with sorrow and despair? Many times our deliverance is delayed, but God has not forgotten to be gracious. He will deliver us. Maybe our deliverance will appear to delay. We need to wait for the Lord. At the end, our deliverance will come and will not be delayed. Then we should not be discouraged. Let us continue to trust in the Lord. So, let me give a small, um, a brief uh, discussion in Arabic, a reflection in Arabic. Salve 43. مزمور 43 ده مزمور بنصليه في الأجبية في الساعة الثالثة بس لأن الأجبية متخدم تعرفين في الترجمة العبرية والترجمة السبعينية فالأجبية متخدم للترجمة السبعينية فهتلاقوا في بعض الاختلافات في الكلام لكن هي نفس الكلام يعني مثلا الآية الأولى بتقول اقضي لي الله وخاصم مخاصمتي مع أمة غير راحمة ومن إنسان غش وظلم نجني في الأجبية بنقول احكم لي يا رب وانتقم لمظلمتي من أمة غير برة ومن إنسان ظالم وغاش نجني يعني يعني زي بعض بس دي ترجمة دي ترجمة المزمور ده يا إما تكتب وقت ما كان داود هربان من شاول يا إما تكتب وقت ما داود كان هربان من أبشالوم ابنه لما أبشالوم تمرد على أبوه كان عايز ياخد الملك منه أبشالوم ابن داود فداود المزمور ده هتلاقي فيه نوعين من الشعور متضاربين لكن موجودين مع بعض شعور باليأس والرفض من الله وشعور بالثقة في الله والرجاء في الله والواحد يقول إزاي الشعورين دولت موجودين مع بعض أحيانا لما الواحد بيمر بتجربة يبقى قاعد يا رب تسيبتني ليه في التجربة دي وبشعر كده بالحزن وباليأس ولكن في نفس الوقت عندي رجاء أن ربنا هيخرجني من التجربة دي ده كان داود في المزمور ده فداود في بداية المزمور بيقول له 
اقضي لي يا الله وخاصم مخاصمتي انت يا رب الديان العادل انت الحكم العادل محدش يا رب هيقدر يحكم لي ومحدش هيقدر يخاصم مخاصمتي غيرك انت انا اعدائي كتروا لدرجه اكانهم امه وامه ما عندهاش رحمه فانت يا رب خاصم مخاصمتي مع امه غير راحمه لو الانسان ما بيخافش ربنا يبقى هيتعامل معايا ازاي لو هو مش خايف من ربنا اكيد هيتعامل معانا بمنتهى القسوه او بعدم الرحمه وبعدين بعد ما قال أمة غير رحمة اتكلم على إنسان شخص واحد قال ومن إنسان غش وظلم نجني ممكن يكون الإنسان ده شاول لأن شاول أكتر من مرة كان عايز يقتل داود أو ممكن يكون الإنسان ده أبشلوم ابنه ده ابنه بالجسد اللي كان عايز ياخد المملكة من أبوه ويقتل أبوه وممكن يكون الإنسان ده أخي توفل في أشيط الاجتماعات في كل قداس بتسمعه نقول يا الله الذي بدت مشهورة أخي توفل أبشالوم كان عنده مشيرين بيدوله مشهورة بيدوله نصيحة واحد منهم كان أخي توفل أخي توفل ده كان المشهورة بتاعته يعني كان حكيم جدا ولما يدي مشهورة يدي نصيحة دي بقى الخطة هتمشي سليم بس أخي توفل ده كان أساسا المشير بتاع داود ولكن غدر بداود وبقى المشير بتاع أبشالوم والحقيقة هو ده له نصيحة ولو كان أبشالوم نفذ النصيحة بتاعة أخي توفل كان قدر يأخذ الحكم لأنها كانت مشهورة زكية لكن ربنا أبطل مشيرة أخي توفل وخلى واحد تاني اسمه حشاي الأركي دي مشهورة وأبشلوم سمع مشهورة حشاي الأركي مش مشهورة أخي توفل عشان كده ما قدرش ياخد الملك من داود فممكن يكون داود يقصد هنا ومن إنسان غش وظلم النجيني يقصد الإنسان ده هو أخي توفل لأن ده كان المشير بتاعي أنا ودلوقتي راحت أمر مع ابني ضدي فيبقى ده إنسان غش وظلم وبيقوله نجيني يا رب لكن الأباء شافوا في الآية ديا أن ديا صلاة يسوع لله الآب على الصليب فبيقوله اقضي لي يا الله وخاصم مخاصمتي مع أمة غير راحمة اللي هو أمة اليهود اللي قالوا أصلبوا أصلبوا دموا علينا وعلى أولادنا ومين الإنسان إنسان الغش والظلم يهوذا اللي راح وبقبلة سلم السيد المسيح وبثلاثين من الفضة فبيقول له من إنسان غش وظلم نجيني والمزمور ده بنقوله في أسبوع الألام في من ضمن المزامير اللي بنصديها في أسبوع الألام لأنها تشير إلى يهوذا في آية اثنين نلاقي زي ما بقولكوا الرجاء واليأس موجودين داود بيقول له طب أنا بكلم... انت بتكلم ربنا ليه 
ليه داود بيتكلم ربنا ليه بتقول له احكم لي الله وخاصم مخاصمتي قال له لان انا عارف انت اله حزني انت نجتني من جوليات قبل كده ونجتني من الدب والاسد لما هجموا عليا انا عارف ان انا اقدر احط ثقتي فيك ثقتي ما اقدرش احطها في نفسي انت اله اللي انا بلتجئ اليك الهنا ملجانا وقوتنا ومعيننا في شدائتنا التي اصابتنا جدا بس انا دلوقتي يا رب حاسس ان انا مرفوض منك لماذا رفضتني لماذا اتمشى حزينا من مضايقه عدوي انا مش متعود على كده منك يا رب انا متعود ان انت بتستجيب لي ده انا لما هجم عليا الدب والاسد اتر تقتلهم هما الاثنين ولما وقف جلياط يعير شعب الله الحي وانا كنت لسه فتى صغير قدرت يا رب ان انا اهزمه لان انا قلت له انا اتي اليك باسم رب الجنود بس انت يا رب سايبني دلوقتي سايب شاول ايديه ترتفع عليا ابشالوم ابني غدر بيا اخي توفل واحد من المشرين بتوعي ليه يا رب رفضتني ليه رفضتني ليه تخليني امشي حزين ده انت سر فرحي ده انت سر بهجتي ليه يا رب تخليني امشي حزين من مضايقة العدو عارف يا رب انا عايز ايه ارسل نورك وحقك انا في الحزن ده يا رب انا ما بقيتش عارف الصح من الغلط مش عارف الحق فين انا في عاكن يا رب عايش في الظلمة دلوقتي وانا هربان من شاول او هربان من ابشالوم انا في الظلمة لكن يا رب ارسل نورك وارسل حق هما يهديانني عارف يا رب انا نفسي في ايه عارف ليه انا زعلان وحزين ان انا بعيد عن صهيون علشان صهيون فيها خيمه الاجتماع عشان صهيون فيها الكنيسه وانا اللي اكتر حاجه مزعلاني ان انا بعيد عن الكنيسه عشان كده ارسل نورك وحقك هما يهديانني وياتيان بي الى جبل قدسك والى مساكنك انت عارف يا رب انا بحب الكنيسه قد ايه ده مساكنك محبوبه يا رب اله القوات تشتاق وتزود نفسي للدخول الى ديار الرب ده انا بفرح فرحت بالقائلين لي الى بيت الرب نزل لأن لو قالوا لي اطلب حاجة واحدة من الرب هقول واحدة سألت من الرب وإياها ألتمس أن أسكن في بيت الرب كل أيام حياتي لأن هقول يوم واحد في ديار الرب خير من ألاف فأنا يا رب دلوقتي حسنا أنا مرفوض لماذا رفضتني أنا بعيد عن الكنيسة بعيد عن الخيمة الاجتماع بعيد عن مساكنك يا رب إله القوات الحاجة اللي هترجعني تاني يا رب هو نورك وحقك هم اللي هيهديانني هم اللي هيقودني في طريق الرجوع الى بيتك انا يا رب يهمني ان انا ارجع لبيتك اكتر من ان انا انتصر على اعدائي النور والحق ممكن يكونوا يرمزوا للسيد المسيح لان السيد المسيح هو نور العالم وهو ايضا الحق 
أكأن البشرية الجالسة في الظلمة وظلال الموت بتصرخ في العهد القديم وتقول أرسل نورك وحقك أرسل ابنك نور العالم وأرسل ابنك الطريق والحق والحياة عشان يهدينا ويأتينا إلى جبل قدسك يقودنا إلى ملكوت السماوات يقودنا إلى الحياة الأبدية أرسل يا رب نورك وحق النور ذكره هنا قبل الحق لإني لو أنا في الظلمة مش أشوف الحق فلازم في الأول أعيش في النور زي ما ربنا قال لنا سيروا في النور ما دام النور معكم لأن الذي يمشي يمشي في الظلمة يعصي والسير في النور هو السير مع السيد المسيح نور العالم وهنا يقودني إلى الحق الحق في الإيمان الحق في المبادئ أرسل نورك وحقك هما يهديانني ويأتيان بي إلى جبل قدسك وإلى مساكنك عارف يا رب أنا لو رجعت لصهيون أول حاجة عملها إيه أول نصر صهيون فآتي إلى مذبح الله هاجي المذبح محرقات وأقدم زبائح أقدم زبائح زبيحة الشكر وزبيحة الحمد وزبيحة السلامة فآتي إلى مذبح الله إلى الله بهجة فرحي وأحمدك بالعود يا الله إله باي ذوي في الصوم الكبير في أيام الصوم من الاثنين للجمعة المرد بتاع الليلو يا هذا هو اليوم اللي صنعه الرب في تقديمة الحمل بيستبدل بآية أربعة بس بنقولها حسب الترجمة السبعينية اللي هي أدخل إلى مصبح الله تجاه وجه الله الذي يفرح شبابي اللي هي الليلو يا إيه إخون فالكنيسة بترتل المزمور ده طوال الصوم الكبير يا ترى أنا لما بنزل على بلد أول حاجة بدور عليها الكنيسة زي ما داود بيقول فآتي إلى مذبح الله يا ترى أنا فعلا شاعر أن ربنا ده هو سر فرح حياتي بهجة شبابي بهجة فرحي للأسف الشيطان بيخنع كتير مننا وخاصة الشباب أنك لو عايش مع ربنا هتفقد الفن اللي في حياتك هيقولوا لك صلي وصوم وابك على خطاياك وما تروحش نايت كلاب وما تشربش وما ترقش وما تبقاش عندك جرل فريند ولا بول فريند ويعقدوك في الكنيسة فابعد عن الكنيسة علشان تهفن هنا الشيطان بيخدع الإنسان لأن أي فرح بعيد عن ربنا هو فرح مؤقت وفرح أجوف الفرح الحقيقي هو في عشرة ربنا آتي إلى مذبح الله إلى الله بهجة فرح والإنسان لما يجي ربنا ويفرح الفرح ده يجيب تسبيح فأحمدك بالعود يا الله إلهي وهنا طب ما كفاية كان يقول يا الله إنما داود 
كان بالنسبة له ربنا مش بس الله إنما ده إلهي حاجة شخصية كده ده ربنا ده هو إلهي أنا اللي أنا اديت كل حياتي من أجله واللي هو ادى كل حياته من أجلي اللي هو بيحبني أحبني إلى المنتهى وأنا رب هأسبحك بالعود لأني بعرف كان وقتها بيستخدم العود في التسبيح وداود ده كان ماهر في العود فهنا بيقدم أحسن ما عنده لتسبيح ربنا فيطار إحنا لما بنيجي نسبح ربنا بندي أحسن ما عندنا أحسن وقتنا ندير ربنا ولا بندير فضلات فآتي إلى مذبح الله إلى الله بهجة فرح شوف بدايه المزمور بيقول حزينة يعني أنا نفسي حزينة لماذا أتمشى حزينا من مضايقة عدو إنما عمل إيه داود شال عينيه من العدو وحطها على ربنا هي المشاكل ما تحلتش بتاع داود مش مولا تكون بحلت من آية واحد لآية خمس أو لآية أربعة لكن اللي عمله إنه رفع عينيه من العدو وحطها على ربنا لما كان حاطط عينيه على المشاكل كان متضايق وحزين أول ما حط عينيه على ربنا بإيه فرحان ده اللي احنا محتاجين نعمله وقت الضيقة روح لربنا وحط عينك على ربنا هتلاقي الفرح دخل قلبك وأحمدك بالعود يا الله إله عشان كده ابتدى في آية خمسة اللي هي آخر آية يخاطب نفسه بقى ويوبخ نفسه فابتدى يقول لمشاعر الحزن واليأس والاكتئاب قال لنفسه لماذا أنت حزينة يا نفسي ولماذا تأنينا فيه هو أنت مش فاهمة ليه أنت حزينة وليه منحنية وليه عملت إني في داخلي تنسيت أن في حاجة اسمها ربنا نسيت أن ربنا ده هو خلاصي وقوتي بهجة شبابي فرحي نوري وخلاصي ترجي الله ترجي ربنا هنا بيكلم نفسه وهنا لما تيجي مشاعر المضايقة أو مشاعر الحزن أو مشاعر الاكتئاب تتغلب على الإنسان محتاجين نعمل زي داود الواحد يوبخ نفسه يقول لماذا أنت منحني يا نفس ولماذا تأنينا في ترجي الله حط عينك على ربنا وترجيه لأني بعد أحمده أنا متأكد أن ربنا هينقذني حتى ولو تأنى يستجيب ربنا هينقذني وهدخل الهيكل تجاه مصبح الله الذي يفرح شبابي وهقف وأحمد ربنا وأسبحه ترجي الله لأنه لأني بعد أحمده خلاص وجهي وإلهي بيقول لي نفسه بيقول لا تعرف ربنا ده ربنا ده مش, مش مجرد الله إنما ده إلهي أنا أبويا أنا مخلصي أنا فدي أنا ده في علاقة شخصية بيني ما بين ربنا هو معقولة ربنا يتخلى عني معقولة أنا ابنه وربنا يسيبني ترجي الله لأنه هو إلهي وهو أيضا خلاص وجهي يعني إيه خلاص وجهي واحد لما بيكون متضايق من جوه يبان على وشه ولما يكون فرحان يبان على وشه 
فبيقول ربنا ده وشي اللي بان عليه الكآبة الحزن اللي أنا كنت لسه بقول لماذا أتمشى حزينا من مضايقة عدوي أنا وانس أن أنا حطيت عناية على ربنا البهجة والفرح اللي في قلبي ابتدوا يظهروا على وجه على وجهي خلاص وجهي هو إلهي فالله هو خلاص وجهي مزمور صغير ولكن جميل يربط ما بين مشاعر الكآبة اللي كان موجود فيها ولكن إزاي لما حط عينه على ربنا المشاعر دي كلها تحولت إلى تسبيح وتمجيد لله لإلهنا المجد الدائم إلى الأبد آمين